Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Wisdom Awakening. I'm your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. And uh, first, let me issue an apology to all of you. Oops. Let me make a quick adjustment here. Oh, let's see. We got a little problem with... uh, There we go. Um, Yeah, let me apologize to all of you. We have been on, I have been recording these programs for the last week, but you have not been seeing them. Uh, We had a little technical problem, which we just learned about this morning, but the programs are recorded. And so I am going to be posting them over the next week for you to watch. Uh, What I'll probably do, we'll figure out a a good time to post them, and I'll let you know exactly when that is so that if you want to catch what I've been talking about. The last program that aired, uh, that live streamed, was last Wednesday, but I also did Thursday and Friday and Monday and Tuesday, and and, uh, so you you haven't seen a program for the last four days, Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, but, uh, but we've been doing them, okay? So they are archived, and they're, they're going to be available to you, and we'll make sure that they are, because for the, for the rest of the week, I talked about some very, very important stuff. Now, would you all do me a favor? Uh, assume that the pro- this program will always air. Assume it will always air. And if you tune in to Facebook or you tune into my app, and you don't see it, would you email me? Email me at ewjackson at ewjackson.com and say, hey, the program wasn't on this morning. Because you might assume that, well, he's off, he's taking off, or he's, other, he's traveling, or who knows what else. Normally, when we do that, we will air a best of. We'll go back and get an old program. When I can't do the program, we'll go back and get an old program. So there should be something on at 8.30, Monday through Friday, all the time. And if you ever tune in, and there's nothing on, then just know something's wrong. That's, that's, not, that's not the normal situation. Well, that being out of the way, um, I want to say happy birthday to the United States Marine Corps. I'm wearing my Marine Corps hat as an homage to my Marine Corps. As you all know, I served in the Marine Corps from August 4th of 1972. I think it's February 23rd of 1973, so, so close to three years. Uh, got out after the Vietnam War. I served during the Vietnam era. I did not see combat. Um, the Vietnam War was winding down, and it turned out I never got orders to go to Vietnam. In fact, I never got orders to leave the United States. I was stateside the entire time. <laughs> Excuse me, folks. I was stateside the entire time. Um, I was an air radar technician. Um, did Marine Corps boot camp at Paris Island as uh, some people call the Marine Corps boot camp out at MCAD in San Diego, Hollywood Marine Corps boot camp. But but I'm sure it's as tough there as it was at Paris Island. And uh, then got out, went to Camp Lejeune for advanced infantry training, and then off to San Diego for electronic school training because my MOS was radar technician, off to San Diego for electronic school training, and then from San Diego to 29 Palms, California, for advanced training in a particular radar, the ANTPQ-10, 
which was a bomb dropping radar that was intended to give airplanes coordinates as to where they were to drop their bombs in order to be beyond the reach of, uh, of ground to air missiles and um, be able to drop their bombs to hit the target while flying beyond where they could be targeted themselves. So uh, it was intended to be used in the bush in Vietnam. Uh, I never got to do that, but got injured doing it. And uh, there's a long story with regard to that, but got severely injured while I was in the Marine Corps um, and ended up uh, getting out. So um, I'm dealing with that now. That's another matter. I'm not, uh, I, I haven't suffered near the, the kinds of injuries so many have sacrificed, so I'm not, I'm not looking for any sympathy or anything like that. But, um, but I'm proud of that service and proud of having served my country in the United States Marine Corps. I took that oath to the Constitution of the United States that I would preserve, protect, and defend it against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and bear true faith and allegiance to the same. And that oath never had an expiration date. I still take it very seriously. And I'm still fighting to uphold our Constitution in the, in the face of those who I think would love to trample, throw out the Constitution, the Declaration, and everything that makes America what America is. Uh, the Marine Corps was formed, as you all know, I'm sure, on November 10th, of course, 1775. So the Marine Corps predates the actual Declaration of Independence. And, of course, it was formed... Um, primarily to deal with um, some issues that we were having. Um, well, the, I think the first real deployment of the Marines uh, offshore, and this amphibious fighting force, was to deal with the Barbary pirates. But um, the Marine Corps was formed initially uh, as a, as a counter- insurgent force. Um, the, at that point, we really didn't have a country, but we needed someone to, to defend us against those who would make encroachments on us. And so the Marine Corps was born. Um, 1775, amazing. Let me just give you a little bit of this history. I need to remind myself of it as well. Uh, but the Second Continental Congress passed a resolution in 1775 um, creating two battalions of Marines for service landing forces. Um, and, oh, and, it, you know, actually, that's interesting that it, it kind of fell into disuse after um, it was first formed and then reestablished on July 11th of 1798, which was why in the early days we celebrated on July 11th of, of, uh, of July 11th was the, uh, the date we celebrated, but then we went back to the original date in which the Marines were formed. Um, and, of course, Marines have seen action in, in every conflict the United States of America has had to deal with. We, the mantra has always been first send in the Marines. So the Marines have tended to be the first to go into combat. 
and uh, it's it's it is a it is a proud organization. I have to tell you, all, I'm profoundly concerned about the future of the Marine Corps and the future of our military, because right now the military seems to be more committed to wokeness than it is to readiness. And that's a that's a sad situation where we're lowering standards to accommodate women. We're we're doing transgender operations. Uh, to change people's sexes within the military. Uh, I just saw a program last week with a couple of, uh, actually three West Point cadets who had quit because they found that West Point was more about political correctness and more about wokeness than it was about military training and development to serve as officers in the United States Army. I mean, we're, 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 we're seeing the utter erosion of our fighting force. While I'm sure all of you are aware that China is building up massively right now. It really does appear to me that China is preparing to fight a war against the United States of America. I don't mean to sound alarming when I say that. I just think it's the truth. Now, that doesn't mean war is inevitable or that war is going to happen, but I think that they are preparing themselves, and I think they see America as being in a weakened state right now and feel that if there has to be a conflict with the United States of America, now would be the time. With a weak president, a decrepit president who shuffles rather than walks, who can't get two sentences out coherently, who is constantly flubbing, doesn't seem to know what he's doing, and certainly never seems to put America first in anything. And you better believe that the Communist Party of China is putting China first. But we've got leaders who just think that that's racist or xenophobic to put America first. I mean, it's just it's, it's the most insane thing. But here again, it's what happens when people reject the wisdom of God and they set out to be wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight and they just go stupid. And sadly, that's what we've got running our military. Um, there's something that just happened recently. Uh, let me see if I can find that. Because um, this guy, Millie, is just, I mean, he's just a complete and utter idiot, a waste. I mean, it's, it's sad. And I mean, I know he's provided service all these years and God bless him for it and I appreciate that but as a as a military leader oh, he is found severely wanting you know they're doing so many crazy things you know you you forget the crazy stuff that they're up to because it's, it just seems that there's always something oh yeah here we go here we go they just they just named the first Navy ship after an LGBTQ hero, Harvey Milk. Yeah. So the, the, we now have a ship called the Harvey Milk. Yeah, I think the world, the world is just laughing at us to name a ship after a homosexual. And, and what was he known for? His homosexuality, that's all. Now, he was killed, and of course, that was wrong. And that should not have happened. But this man is no, he was no hero, just a homosexual, homosexual activist. And some, some idiot 
thought he was somehow doing something good and right to kill him, which is which, well, here again. I totally and completely condemn it was wrong. That should never have happened. But this is where we are now. We're, we're turning perversion into something heroic and virtuous and admirable. This is like I said about George Floyd, same thing. George Floyd should not have been killed. It was wrong. And Derek Chauvin is in prison, and I believe that's where he belongs. But George Floyd was no hero. George Floyd was nobody to be erecting statues to. He's a fentanyl addict and a meth addict, and he got into a, 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 a bad situation for passing counterfeit money and, 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 and ran across a rogue police officer who ended up taking the man's life. That does not make you a hero. He was a criminal who ended up dying in tragic and unjust circumstances, but that's all. Harvey Milk was no hero in naming ships after Harvey Milk. He's just a homosexual activist running around telling the world how great perversion is. And now, we were, now we're going to name our ships after that? You know, you know what this is like to me? This is like Barack Obama lighting up the White House in rainbow colors. Because to me, this is a loud, bold, vociferous, shaking one's fist at God and saying, we don't care what you say. We don't care what your Bible says. We don't care what your word says. We don't care what any preacher says. And we don't care what the church says. We're going to do what we want to do. We don't need the blessing of God. We don't need obedience to you to help us. We can, we can make it on our own. Thank you very much. It, it, it is a formula for disaster. And I'll tell you something. If there was a way to reverse that, I would reverse it. I would reverse that. I named these ships after military heroes who have done things in combat. Not picking up every idiot who stands up and proclaims whatever he thinks he wants and and you know, some tragic circumstance happened and suddenly happens and suddenly he's a hero. He's in a, some, we ought to all admire him. We ought not be naming anything after anybody based on homosexuality. If there's a, a war hero who happened to be or was reputed to be a homosexual and that person is honored not for his or her homosexuality, but for their service to this nation, different matter. But, but Harvey Milk, give me a break. But that's where our military is today. And you all know that the Marine Corps is part of the Navy. So, I mean, to me, <coughs> it, it's a direct insult to me to be naming a, a Navy ship. After, after a homosexual activist as if that somehow qualifies him to be honored. It's just, and here again, folks, it's not a statement of hatred for anybody. It's a statement of love for our country and a desire to see our country position itself to be blessed by Almighty God. And that's not the way to do it. Why don't you just name a ship Sodom and Gomorrah? Might as well. Because it's, it's the equivalent. 
What are we going to do next? Name a ship after some transgender? It's, it's, it's sad. It's sad. What, and now look, we're doing this while we're tearing down statues of truly heroic and, and world-changing figures like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass and, and others, tearing their statues down, removing their plaques from walls, and naming ships after homosexual activists. It just goes to show the society has gone insane and the military has gone right with it. Somebody, well, of course, under this administration, this is not the craziest thing we'll see. We'll see worse things. But somebody should have spoken up against this and said this is dishonorable. It's not honorable. It's a dishonor to the Navy. It's a dishonor to our military to be naming Navy ships that are built for the defense of this nation after some homosexual who did nothing but 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 spread the perversion of the nation. Yeah, I said it and I mean it. And by the way, let me just say again for the record, because you know, leftists are incapable of holding two uh, ideas in their heads at the same time. I can be categorically opposed to this and be absolutely committed to respecting the constitutional rights of every American citizen, whether you're homosexual or heterosexual. So the person who committed this murder of Harvey Milk, I'm not sure what the, how that story ended, but that person deserved to be put in prison for the rest of his life or executed. No problem with that because Harvey Milk was a human being who deserved the protections that every other human being has. But I'm not at the same time going to say his homosexuality is somehow some admirable trait. And his, his promoting homosexuality was somehow some admirable thing. Because it's not. It's not. Now see, the leftists and this whole LGBT crowd, they, they, they are incapable. They, have, they, they do not have the intellectual capacity, frankly, because they're so blinded by their sexual ideology and perversion that they can't, they can't, they can't balance those two things. They can't believe that you can respect a person as a citizen and, and, and be willing to fight that they have all the rights that anyone else has, fundamental rights, the right to for two men to get married, there's no such thing. The right for two women to get married, there's no such thing. That's not in the Constitution, and it's not a fundamental human right. They can have any relationship they want because they're free to do so. But as far as putting the imprimatur of marriage, which is something the state sanctions on them, that, that is not a fundamental right, okay? But the right to freedom of speech, they have the, the, the LGBTQ community has the right, these folks, homosexuals, because it's really not a community. That's because they, they want to be thought of as some kind of race. They're not a race. But those individuals have as much right to disagree with me as I have a right to disagree with them. And I will defend their right to disagree with me. And I mean that. And they have just as much right to set up these abominations that they call churches that for homosexuals, which are not churches at all. But they have just as much right to do that as I do 
to have my Orthodox Christian church that believes in the Bible as the Word of God, believes in God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, believes in the virgin birth, believes in the resurrection, believes that Jesus Christ is the Savior of mankind. They have just as much right to do their perverse thing as I have a right to do my Orthodox thing. And I will defend their right to do it. Now, I will try to persuade them that they are wrong, as I do every day. But, but I will defend their right in a free society, in this great free country of ours, their right to do it. But you know what? They, don't, they won't do the same for me. They will not do the same for me. And if I'd been on the scene and had the ability to prevent the assassination of Harvey Milk or his murder, I would have, I would have gladly stepped in to do that and having saved his life, would have gone back to immediately arguing that what he does is perverse and what he's advocating for the country is perverse and that no one should support it and no one should embrace it and no one should accept it as, as something normal and good and right. You see, you can, you can do both, but see, the left won't let you, they, they won't allow that, which is why they're so bad for this country why their attitudes are so bad for this country. Because from their perspective, you don't agree with them, you must be destroyed. They dance, they would dance on your grave. See, I abhor the killing of Harvey Milk because it was wrong. I could disagree with him vehemently and then vehemently defend his right to live and to be safe. But the left doesn't do that. They hate you and they want to destroy you and they'll dance on your grave because they don't have the love of God. They're, 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 they're just full of the devil. I mean, it's what it is. And the devil's full of hatred. And his first priority for hatred is God, which the LGBTQ community agrees with. And then their second hatred is for people. His, the devil's second hatred is for people because God created them in his image and his likeness. And, and the devil wants to destroy everything that reflects God. And see, homosexuality is about destroying what God intended. God, in the beginning, Jesus said, made them male and female. Therefore, shall a man leave his father and mother and cling to his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. And the devil wants to destroy that, marginalize that, discredit that, because he really hates God and hates people. And people cannot live satisfying lives outside of the will of God. They can't. They think they do, but they can't. They can't live satisfying lives outside the will of God. Because they were made to live within the parameters that God established for human beings. And therein lies our ultimate satisfaction, our peace, our joy. And when people try to live outside that, all they find is destruction and depression and and, and, and uh, upheaval and chaos and, and anarchy and, and sadness and, and anger and bitterness. That's what they find outside the will of God. That's why Jesus said, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, none of that stuff exists in heaven. There's no homosexuality in heaven. There's no, no offense in heaven. There's no sin in heaven. So, as we celebrate the 246th anniversary of the United States Marine Corps, 
we need to recommit ourselves to having a military that is second to none and that is committed to its mission of protecting and defending the freedom and the continental integrity of the United States of America. In other words, defending all, and I should say continental, I should say defending the continent and territories of the United States of America. That, that includes Puerto Rico, that includes Hawaii, that includes, um, well, you know, it includes those places that we have territorial control over, even if they're not states. And, and I, I won't, I'm not going to try to reveal, uh, <laughs> you know, my, my, my geographical deficits by going through all of that, but you get my point. The military is supposed to defend all that the United States claims. Not, we're, we're, the military is not in the business of giving people transgender operations and lowering standards so that we can have women fighting in combat who can't really meet the standards of combat. And the military is not in the, in, 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 was not created to try to address uh, the, the, the whole issue of critical race theory and trying to show that America's a racist country, as this idiot Millie said, I, I want to understand white rage, and I'm white. Well, th frankly, there's no such thing as white rage. There's individual rage. If a person is enraged, it's because that person thinks he or she has reasons to be enraged. There's no such thing as white rage or black rage or any of that. That's, that's ridiculous. I don't have any rage. I don't have any black rage. I've never met a person who got white rage. I mean, but th this, is, this is the way our military leaders think. I want to understand white rage and I'm white. Oh, Lord. I mean, and they don't realize the stupid stereotyping they're engaged in because they can't see it but from one myopic vision. Oh, you only stereotype, quote unquote, people of color. Stereotyping is making broad generalizations and conclusions about an individual based on that individual's identification with a particular group. And that's racist. And that's what runs our military? Lord have mercy on us. Well, look, well, I can't believe how much time has gone by already. And, uh, and, and I'm glad to be back because obviously we resolved the technical problem that we had. So I'm glad to be back with you all so that you can see me. But please, if you ever tune in at 830 on a Monday through Friday and you don't see me at all, get in touch with me. Say something is wrong. E.W. Jackson at EWJackson.com. Very simple, ewjackson at ewjackson.com and say, hey, the program's not on because every morning at 8.30 a.m. you should be watching Wisdom Awakening or I'll be on anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? say you should be watching. <laughs> I'd love for you to be watching, but you can, you can rest assured whether you're watching or not, I will be on. So if you tune in and I'm not on, something's wrong, okay? Don't, don't consider that to be, oh, well, he must have, no. This program is going to be on, because like I said, if I can't be on live, 
then we are going to air a recorded program, a best of, but we're going to have something on before you at 8.30 a.m. every single morning, Monday through Friday, that is, um, until the Lord tells us something different. And he hasn't told me anything different. I started this uh, in January, and here we are now. It is, wow, November. I can't believe it. I've been doing this for 10 months. I started on the 1st of January of 2021. And here we are. So uh, we're, we're going to continue to do it. And if you don't see me on or you got my app and it's not coming up on your app or you're going, you're using Facebook, it's not coming up on Facebook, something is wrong. Okay. So get in touch with us because we may not be aware of it as we weren't aware of it. <sighs> because here again, I've been doing the program and we've been recording it. So stand by. We'll give you a time. I'll tell you t tomorrow when the programs that you missed are going to air because we're going to put those up for you. I, I don't, I don't want to, <laughs> needless to say, I don't have four days of programming just go to waste. So I'm going to, we're going to put those up for you. Okay. Cause they're all recorded. Okay. Let's get back to Philippians. Shall we? Let's see. Where did we end? We ended, um, Well, actually, did we get very far? We didn't really get very far, did we? Um, yeah, we went back and really started reviewing um, some of what I've already covered. Uh, verses 24, Philippians chapter 1, Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. 25, and being confident of this, I know I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith that your rejoicing may be more abundant, may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Um, let's go back. Let's go to the 27. Let's finish up chapter one. Wow, we've been on chapter one for a while, haven't we? It says, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. So Paul says, whether I'm there or I'm not, you make sure that you are in standing fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Now look, the biggest problem the body of Christ has and why our country is in such condition is that the body of Christ has not been standing fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. We have not been doing that. We have often allowed ourselves to be at odds with one another. And of course, apostasy and heresy has come in and we've got people who claim to be Christians who will oppose people like me. I mean, they actually oppose me. They, they don't just say, well, I have a different theological perspective. No, no, no. I am the enemy. Just as we saw with the Apostle Paul say that some people treated him who was supposed to be brothers in Christ, treated him like the enemy. Some even preaching the gospel out of, out of ambition and strife, not out of a desire to uh, uh, support Paul, but really a desire to undermine him. But he says, I want to know that you are standing fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. You know, if we would do that as a body of Christ, stand fast in one mind and one spirit on biblical principle, we turn this country around overnight. We really would. I'm convinced that there are many, many more of us than there are of them. 
Remember that story where Elijah uh, had the armies of the Assyrians come and surround him and his servant came out and saw all of them standing around the hill and, you know, went and told Elijah, panicked, afraid. Elijah said, Lord, open his eyes. And when he opened his eyes, he could see flaming chariots and, and swords and angels all over that hill. And he said to his servant, there's more with us than there are with them. Well, there are more with us than there are with them. You know, we are the congregation of the mighty. We can't, we can't be defeated unless we don't stand together. We can't be overcome unless we allowed ourselves to be divided and splintered, which is what's happened. Divided ourselves by denomination. And I'm not saying we have to give up our denominational perspective or our theological perspective. I'm not saying that. That's something that Jesus has to resolve. But if you put your faith in Jesus Christ as the son of the living God, who God himself came to die on the cross for your sins and went down into hell for you and then rose the third day and that he is now the God-man seated on the throne of God, fully God and fully man, Jesus the Christ, Yeshua, Yamashiach. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. I mean, come on. We don't have to agree on every point of every text to know that. You know, Peter and Paul didn't agree on everything. You all realize that. Remember, Paul and Barnabas had a real, really serious uh, debate over John Mark when John Mark had left Paul and gone to visit his mother. And then when it was time to go on another mission trip, Paul didn't want to take John Mark and Barnabas wanted to take him. And the Bible says they, they had a very serious falling out and they went two separate ways. Now, I'm not saying that was a good thing. I'm just saying it's, it's happened in the body of Christ. It's been happening we, as long as we have existed. The, 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 the body of Christ has existed. It's been happening. But, you know, Paul reconciled and said, John Mark is profitable for me. He resolved those issues. We need, we need to not let issues get in our way. We need to come together because God has a greater mission for us, and we can't fulfill that mission fighting each other. Stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. We ought to all be striving together for one thing primarily, and that is the truth of the word of God. That's why I'm pro-life. That's why I'm pro-biblical, traditional family husband, wife, mother, father, reproducing children because that's the biblical model. And I will stand fast with anyone who is willing to stand fast on the word of God, whether we may, we may disagree on some other point. But if we are both believers in Jesus Christ and we're striving to uphold the truth of God's word, and we see a society going is hell-bent on following Satan, we ought to be able to stand together against that. Look, this critical race theory, folks, is a godless worldview that seeks to supplant a biblical worldview with a demonic worldview.
and it is demonic. It is demonic. Because what it does is, instead of understanding that all human beings are, are inherently sinful, and that this sin is not a racial matter, and therefore subjugation and division and um, mistreatment of others is not ultimately racial. It's ultimately the result of the fallenness of human beings and that there is a remedy and his name is Jesus Christ. Instead of going along with that, critical race theory would tell you, no, the problem is race and the problem of race is white people. Everybody else is fine. But those evil white people, ooh. Now that is about as godless and as blasphemous and as anti-scriptural as you can get. And if we as the body of Christ can't stand together against that, I mean, my goodness gracious, that, that's a no-brainer. That's, that's Christianity 101. There is none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Not, there is an unrighteous, racist group of white people, and then the rest of us are really righteous and good. Twenty-eighth verse says, And not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation, and that from God. So I, I am not, so we as Christians are supposed to be standing together, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and we're not intimidated by the people who don't like us. Who cares? They don't have a heaven to send you to or a hell to put you in. They don't have control over your destiny. Well, they can talk nasty about you, which they do, but these people are going to either repent and believe the gospel and become our brothers and sisters in Christ, or they're going to die and go to hell, and they will be forgotten forever. Now, those are the only two potential fates that awaits all of us. And my desire for them is that they not die and go to hell, but that they become persuaded with us that what we're following as Christians is not a religion, but what we have is a relationship with the true and living God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is alive forevermore and seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. We want them to come to understand that, to know that, to have that in their hearts, and then they'll be thinking like we think. Then they'll be on, on the other side of, of where they are now, and they'll look back on themselves and on others and say, now I understand how it is they disagreed with me but did not hate me. Now I understand the love of God. Now I understand what beats in the heart, in the spirit of the Christian. That the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Now, now I understand. I, see, standing on the outside looking in, they don't understand. It's, it's, it's um, what's the saying? Well, I won't, I won't use the saying. I think that might be, but, but let's put it this way. It's a foreign language to them. They don't have any ability to translate it. It doesn't make sense. Because as Jesus said to Peter, 
Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my Father who is in heaven. It's got, it's, it, is, it is not information, but revelation. It is not obtained knowledge, but revealed knowledge. And so we're not intimidated by them. It says you're not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is them a proof of perdition. You know what? The fact that they are adversaries, they are our adversaries, only proves that they're on their way to hell. That's what this text is saying. It says, not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition. It says, but to you of salvation and that from God. In other words, the fact that they hate me is proof that they're on their way to hell and proof that I'm on my way to heaven. <laughs> it's a, it, is, it is proof of my salvation. Because, you know, Jesus drew a bright, clear, unequivocal line. He that is not with me is against me. He that does not gather with me scatters abroad. You know, you can't be on the fence with Jesus. You can't, well, you know, uh, I, I, I kind of haven't made up my mind. Jesus is okay in some ways. But I, I'm, I, but I'm really looking at the devil a little bit. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. Uh, -uh. it's all or nothing. That song says, "All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him. In His presence daily live. I surrender." All, all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. That means we've renounced sin. We've renounced the past. We've renounced the things of the flesh. And we've chosen righteousness and holiness and him for all of eternity. That doesn't mean that we live that perfect life yet, but it means we've chosen that perfect life and it will be fulfilled in us because of the choice that we've made. Oh my goodness. I could, I could really get it. I could spin off into that because, because in your resurrection body, when you're born again, regenerated human spirit is is in complete synchronicity, <laughs> is in complete compatibility with your flesh because you're going to have glorified flesh that will not be kept alive by the blood flowing in your veins, but the glory of God is what's going to be flowing in you. You will have gone beyond where sin and death can touch. you will have been rendered, rendered incapable of sin. So if I'm incapable of sin, Bishop, then, then I, I'm really no longer free. No, you will be incapable of sin and you will know that you are incapable of sin because of the free choice you made. You chose to be incapable of sin. And you will be ever glad for that choice.
Glory to God. I thought we were going to finish it. Well, you know what? I got one more minute. Let's do this. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here in me. Yes, those who follow Christ Jesus are going to be persecuted. I've said if, if you've never faced any persecution, any anger, any attack based on your faith in Jesus Christ, you ain't doing it right. <laughs> because those that live godly in this life shall suffer persecution. That's what the word says. So just get ready for it. You know, I had a woman call me yesterday on my radio program. Some of you may have been listening. And she says, uh, Bishop Jackson, I'm going to call you Bishop. I don't know your credentials. And I knew right away, uh-oh, here comes the attack. <laughs> because that kind of introduction let me know that she did not like me. But she went on to attack me and said that Jesus never taught against homosexuality. And I just blessed her and loved her and, and, and tried to explain the scripture to her and said, but we love you anyway. I, I, I wasn't angry, intimidated, hurt. I mean, no. In fact, you know what? When you get busy loving others, it's so much harder to get all hypersensitive about yourself. And that's what this is saying, really. It says, it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here in me. In other words, I know that that's what's coming. But, but notice Paul's attitude. It's an attitude of satisfaction. It's an attitude of rejoicing. It's an attitude focused primarily on the people he's ministering to, not himself and what he's going through. That's going to do it. I've got to go. But God bless each and every one of you. My apologies again. If you haven't been hearing the program, we're going to re-air the programs that you missed. And we will be on every morning, Monday through Friday at 8.30 a.m. If you don't see me, something is wrong, okay? Because you're going to either see me live, and I'm live today, or you're going to see a, a recorded version of Wisdom Awakening. But something will be on 8.30 a.m., Monday through Friday. God bless each and every one of you. And remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side.